0: Good evening, everybody. It's Tracy here with the Lincoln Law Pod, and I have our special guest host. You may know him as Bosch Trivia Guy, Mike Martini. Thanks for coming, Mike.
1: Oh, thanks for inviting me. Hello, everybody.
0: So we are going to talk about season two, episode three. It's the title is Conflicts. So let's let's hope we don't have too many conflicts in the podcast, Mike. Should we? Should we try to? You think we'll agree on things?
1: Well, I hope so, but I hope you didn't jinx it at the same
0: time. (laughs) (laughs) I may have just started something. Who knows? We like all, hear all the opinions. So we we don't have to agree on everything, but let's wait and see. All right. This episode was written by Daylin Rodriguez. She's one of the co-showrunners and directed by Kate Woods. And at the end of the episode, I will actually hear some from Daylin about this episode and maybe a little bit from episodes one and two as well getting our showrunner spotlight onto the podcast now. So here we are, episode three, Lisa has been arrested. And Mike, interestingly, you noted from the last episode that you saw the ball dropping when he's, when Mickey's driving over the bridge. Now, yeah, you know, we
1: sensed. I, I you sensed, sensed it. There, I sensed there was going to be, okay, he's happy. Yeah. You know, everything's come to fruition, but when's the ball drop? <laughs> yeah.
0: And of course, I knew, like everyone else from the trailer, that she was going to get arrested. So we knew it was coming, but it's just funny how different people watch and different personalities because I got so caught up in the relief from the Russell Lawson situation and that really cool shot going across the bridge, I was just into it. And uh, so I didn't sense anything uh, until the phone rang and um, you obviously, or it feels like you watched it maybe a little more analytically and just were like more, a little more prepared. So that's impressive.
1: A little bit. I try to, I try to keep my eyes on on certain aspects of the show. But I mean, it was also like, I tried, like I did what Pete suggested last year when we were talking about camera, if it was the Lincoln lawyer Bosch, where he kind Uh of wrote some stuff down as the episodes were going. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I had some stuff in my mind where I'm like, okay, you know, type of thing. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, here we are at the same point. Now she's been arrested and Mickey is heading over to the police station to hopefully see her and uh, talk with her, you know, she has requested her lawyer, but it sounds like she's about to be shipped off to like County, I guess, um, jail. And, but Mickey tries to work his charm and find a way to go ahead and, and see her. He, he pulls a little bit of his Mickey magic at the front desk, even, you know, I I did have fun seeing the guy playing solitaire. Like clearly he didn't seem to be too busy but you know he yep. acted too busy <laughs> for mickey but uh mickey worked his way through that one and then when he called um the detective and what do you say like yeah it's that guy or that one you know like he obviously has a reputation
1: yeah, got, yeah it's like what is it you, you got an asshole lawyer down there. <laughs> yep, that's the one that's
0: the one <laughs> so yes mickey has his his reputation so, and and then interestingly, um, when he's talking to Detective O'Brien, who is the one that interrogated Lisa, and so he's kind of got the leverage at this point is she off on the bus to county or could she still be around? He asks for a couple of favors, and um, Mickey offers some attorney advice and names um, Dan Daly as an attorney that could help with this tax situation. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of you may know, but the real Dan Daly is one of the inspirations for the Lincoln lawyer character. As my understanding, there is more than one, but um, he is part of that group. So there's a little trivia nugget for you. And it was fun to see that little Easter egg. So yes, he works his charm again, and he gets into the interview room with Lisa. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, Mike? What sort of transpired there?
1: yeah when they get into the room well first he gets five minutes from santa o'brien
0: oh yeah <laughs> <Detective> <laughs> O'Brien.
1: <laughs> right i like the uh i like the ho 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 you know you got five mm-hmm. minutes type of thing yep. um so when uh haller gets in the uh into the interrogation room she was trying to hug him he's like well we, we're being watched you know we gotta yeah. kind of keep things professional so sit down tell me what happened tell me what you said he's just trying to get a get a baseline for what's going on what the situation is w- wondering when he or when detective O'Brien read her her rights you know and she said she was, uh, Lisa was just saying that she was just thought that they were looking into bonderant finally for him, all of her complaints about sure yeah the violations so he gets his five minutes to talk with her and I think it was at that point where he tells her do not talk to anybody. Not uh, any cell or other inmates.
0: Mm-hmm. Not
1: anybody who calls you. Just say on the basis of my attorney, or I'm innocent of all these charges, but on the on the uh, advice of my attorney, I refuse to talk or
0: something. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and she very passionately denies or guilt in the situation. She's you know, yeah. comes very strong, likely that um, she did not do this. So and I think I think also in this scene, uh, Mickey tells her that it, it he appreciates that, but it doesn't really that's not ultimately what matters as the defense attorney that, you know, he just has to fight for her and it doesn't really matter what he believes. But she's she's yeah. very strongly sharing that um, that she did not do this. And she's, you know, yeah, like she's worried about being in jail overnight, but he gives her the advice. Don't talk to anyone, like you said. And, and the arraignment is the next day. So Mickey tells her, you know, hopefully we can work out some sort of bail situation. So you don't have to stay there. So we might as well jump to the next day and with the arraignment. And of course we have prosecutor, Andrea Freeman. She goes by Andy and she's got a a track record with Mickey. She has beaten him several times before. So we we see a scene with them in the elevator and she kind of, there's a little bit of smack talk going on and, she names one of the maybe more recent cases that she won over him. And he, he's like, well, you must really think a lot about me. If you're talking to me, talking about me to Maggie, you know, and yep. it's just, it's kind of, it's kind of fun that exchange. So, you know, that, I mean, he hasn't officially accepted th- being her representation yet, but I think we all kind of assume that he will.
1: But a couple of uh, low punches from, from, andy yeah so basically saying that she can she understands why her and or why him and maggie are exes
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then compares uh mickey also to shapiro and kardashian um so a couple yeah. low blows where i think the the dig on you know maggie and him being exes kind of hurt him a little bit i think so kind of stung him you could kind of t- sense that it, he was stung a little bit we kind of rebounded smiled it off and you know, just kind of, you know, so for him, it was kind of, I, I, like I said, I think he's kind of got hit with a couple of low blows there from Andy in the
0: elevator. Mm-hmm. So,
1: but maybe yeah. that's just the way he sets it up. You know, he, he'll take the digs here and there, but in the courtroom, he wants to land the punches and. Sure. Right, go that way, pick
0: your battles, kind of thing. Pick your battles, exactly. And it's interesting because when they do exit the elevator, you know, they've had this smack talk, she's made these digs at him, and then all of a sudden, when the reporter asks him, Are you representing Lisa Trammell? he says he is. Like, it's it's all you could almost assume that her needling him in the elevator, maybe pushed him completely to the side of, I'm going to, I'm going to go up against her. I don't like this, you know, I'll show her kind of thing. Do you think that could have been part of it? Or do you think he had made his decision all along?
1: Um, I think it could go either way, but knowing that Andy is the DA on the case, maybe he wants to just kind of stick it to her a little bit. and yeah. That's the case. He's going to win. Yeah. But I did like the, that Lorna, you know, kind of said, she brought up the Darius McKinley. Yeah. You know, Lorna knew exactly who, which, oh, yeah which defendant andy andy brought up to, right. to dig into him so i don't know if it was the press being out there that pushed it over the edge for Mickey. Mm-hmm. that uh, it's another high profile case yeah so maybe it just because they had that one night together maybe all along he was thinking that i mean so it could have gone either way you know but mm-hmm. i'm thinking more on the lines of maybe because they had that night together in the back of his mind, he's already putting together a defense for her. And then
0: perhaps, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And knowing that Andy's on the other side of the equation, Hey, why not try to get a win? This
0: yeah. <laughs> up for up for a good fight. Yeah. Well, inside the courtroom, it's, you know, the, the basic things you see in an arraignment, the judge asks what the charge is and Andrea shares that. And, you know, we get that. It really sticks how she talks about the murder charge and she uses all the legal terms, but she adds that special case of lying in wait. And that does, for me, that kind of stuck out. Like, like they're charging her, with not just killing him, but like total premeditation, you know, everything. Hiding in a place, uh, you know, to, to kill him. So lying in wait, I think. I think that's the phrase. Yeah. Yeah. So. That kind of, you know, that, that did stick out to me and it almost just makes it, I mean, murder is murder. You can't, I was gonna say it makes it a little more nefarious, but murder is murder, but still it just adds that little bit of, Ooh, that's really, you know, awful. She could really be this, this terrible person, but we don't know. But also at
1: the same time, I was, I, I, I know they've mentioned in the books, I think they've mentioned it even in the movie. And maybe it was mentioned in season one where the DA always tries to charge too much because they can always take some off, you know, when it comes to agreements and stuff like that, too. Mm -hmm. So lying in wait, uh, murder one, you know, premeditation. So they're just stacking the deck so that they can take a few cards out later if necessary.
0: or needed. Very much like a fee negotiation or something. Yeah. You already have to have have something you could you can uh, pull back on. So, yeah, no, that's interesting.
1: It's like, we'll take lying and wait off and drop it down to murder two or whatever. Yeah.
0: So, So, and then of course the judge has to ask how the um, defendant pleads and Mickey says not guilty. And Andrea thinks they're, they're wrapped up because, you know, she says that there's no bail if there's the special circumstance of lying and wait, but Mickey tries to make the argument that with all of the, her, um, people that she employs with the restaurant, that she's responsible for a lot of people. She can't let all those people down. He, he even you know makes note of the people in the crowd there supporting her. So he, he tries to make an argument for having bail. And the judge, I think she says, quote, like splits the difference or I can't remember the exact term, but she will do it at 2 million. And which means for a bail bond, that's 200,000. So now Lisa is left with, I don't know if you'd call that an opportunity because it, she doesn't make it sound like an opportunity. She she basically says, "I don't have the money, I can't put up my restaurant. It's all that I have." Yep. She, she even sort of asked Mickey if he could give her the money, and to me, that was like a really low point. Yep. What do you think? <laughs> yeah,
1: red. Well, kind of a red flag,
0: and a red flag. I, yeah,
1: I don't know how many people's lawyers would put up bail, especially that. A mo- amount but like he said it's a major conflict of interest so it's kind of i mean you could see the the pleading in her eyes a little bit where it's like maybe this wor- would have worked on six or seven out of ten other
0: <laughs> lawyers but yeah.
1: uh yeah mickey it's like mickey's like nope sorry conflict of interest major conflict of interest and lauren is kind of sitting behind yes. them.
0: She's kind watching them like a hawk.
1: Conversation exactly. Yeah, that's what, and that's what I, I like about it. Lorna's always had his back, you know, yeah. even, even before Literally. season one starts off. And exactly. figuratively, <laughs> before season one uh, even starts up, mm-hmm. she was holding the practice together with uh string and glue. I think was the the uh, the phrase mm-hmm. she used. So so yeah, I mean, just awkward you know big red flag there right off the bat well I mean many red flags <laughs> on so but you just never know
0: you never know you never know so yeah that was yeah like it, it was just almost I mean the shocking's not not the right word but it, you're just like really you went there <laughs> you know yeah exactly um, so but yes what now yeah <laughs> what did you say <laughs> and he offers her the plan of selling her life rights and making him power of attorney so that he can put a lien on it. And if she does sell her story and eventually makes money off of it, that he would get paid first. So it's a kind of out there future possible opportunity, but they could, you know, do it front it that way. And so I think that's what they, I mean, we assume that's what they're going with as far as her ultimately paying him, but it still doesn't make money for the bail like because she's asking how can yes. I pay the bail or the bail bond and how can I pay you period Well, there's nothing immediate with this situation for the for the bail bond related to her her story, her life story but it could help pay him eventually. So you know it's something on the table. So then we're done with the arraignment so she has to head back to jail. Don't talk to anybody, Lisa. So we can shift gears a little bit. I think Um, Mickey did get access through Santa O'Brien with the interrogation footage. So at night he's, he's looking through that. And, you know, of course they're asking her the basic, he's asking her the basic questions, you know, where she was, what time. And she, you know, she keeps talking and then she starts sharing about, you know, how she hates, him and how he is a bad person and when she hears that someone you know attacked him she's like oh well that kind of makes sense isn't that what she said like that makes sense because he's hated yeah, by that so makes many. sense
1: because he's a pompous prick or something yeah yeah. yeah
0: something of that nature so but then when he you know i guess when he mentions murder that's when she asks for her lawyer did anything else in the interrogation tape it was pretty brief Anything else you wanted to talk about that or stood out to you?
1: I don't think anything really stood out. I was trying to, when I was watching it the first, well, especially the first time, I was just trying to see if there was any any slips of the right. facial expressions. You know? oh, okay, yeah. You know, detectives are always trying to see what uh, what way their eyes are t- looking. Like sure. If they're trying to think back on a memory, they look up to the left or something like that. So I was just trying to see if there was any facial expressions that might have been given away. That she was lying through her teeth but i didn't see anything like okay. that but i do i did notice that mickey noticed when she was kind of being the aggressor you know he's a he's a pompous asshole you know, yeah somebody attacked him he, he got what he deserved type of a thing so and then mickey's kind of like doing the Ooh, that doesn't I, look good yeah that yeah. doesn't look good that won't play well for a jury it's like right. in the back of his mind right there so yeah
0: and she was pretty forthcoming about information. Now that can go both ways too. If you start to get into reverse psychology and and things like that, but on the from the outset, you know, it, it seemed on the surface that she was being pretty forthcoming. That you know, her fishmonger called. She went to pick up the fish, and she even admits that she did cross paths with Bondurant that morning at the coffee, at the shop, coffee yeah. shop. Yeah, Maurice's coffee shop. So, uh, but as soon as she saw him she left. So we see some red flags and then we say, well, she's being totally upfront about that. She even saw him, but no, I, I didn't, you know, do this. And then of course, you know, she ultimately asks for her lawyer, uh, Mickey Holler. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about Haley. She's doing riding lessons yep. and I'm not sure if this is the first time we've seen it in the season. I mean, we don't want to do spoilers for other episodes, but I don't think it's really a spoiler that Mickey tends to forget sometimes his family obligations. He loves his family, loves his daughter to death, but Lorna reminds him that he has to go to her writing lesson and he acts like he remembers, but then he does the big U-turn, you know, and heads over to the ring for the lesson anyways. So yeah, he makes it to the lesson and he enjoys watching her. Maggie shows up um, at the lesson and they have a fun exchange. Haley has been hearing Mickey's mom talk to her about Mickey riding in his younger days, and that kind of I think gets her even more excited about it. And there's a lot of flirtation there, I think, with Mickey and Maggie. I think it's always there. Do you?
1: See, the, the Mickey's said it. I think he said it to even Haley. He's always going to be in love with Maggie. Yeah. They were they were first, you know, the first wife, first ex-wife, you know. Yeah. So there's always gonna be that love there. I I don't know about on Maggie's side, but I think it's kind of more cordial than anything. But there is that that uh what is it, the the line where you're walking up to it but you're not quite crossing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a couple of times, well, they almost they were making out heavy before Haley texted in season one. Sure,
0: season one, Yeah, yeah. So there
1: are feelings there for each other. I think they're so
0: yeah yes. i think it i think it also <laughs> just goes to show that that that's them liking each other and being fond of each other and having fun together is not their problem you know they ran into problems last season when work got in the way uh of of the relationship and so yeah she's almost i kind of see her a little bit as she, not like blushing or whatever but she almost Seems like she's blushing a little when he flirts with her. You know, it's just it's funny because mm-hmm. it's like he still has that effect on her, and she still has that effect on him. But well, at the he same, he can t- be
1: charming. He can oh, be charming yeah. when he wants he's, to
0: be. Exactly. She can be
1: charming when she wants to be. But it was a funny line about the. You know, if you knew that was a turn on, yeah, thing.
0: yeah. the cowboy outfit <laughs> years ago. <laughs> yeah, if only I knew. But even at the same time, they're flirting. They had you know just talked about the, you know dating lives, and she's talking about this guy Jim, and and that's complicated. And it's you know, so it's just it's really unique how they can talk about that, but also kind of flirt with each other. I don't know. If how that's the a-
1: two kind of correlate a little bit. She's got yeah. a complicated relationship he's got a complicated relationship Mm -hmm. just recently Mm -hmm.
0: and the other fun thing that comes up is is some point he's talking about his magic or something and or she references that and, and she oh, that's right. says that must be what happened uh, with your most recent clients. It's not even client yeah. singular, it's clients. He had multiple clients one against the other and somehow Maybe it all that, worked uh, out for the right an way. Innocent
1: client, and he had a guilty client that was guilty for the first client and he had a third client type. And that's, <laughs> yeah. Oh, how did she phrase it again? It was like the if that doesn't have Mickey Haller written all over it. Or
0: something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Forgot so, about that conversation, even though I've just trying to trying to get into or not into. That. I was trying to rewatch type of thing the last day and a half, two days here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so there is always good conversations with the two of them.
0: And there is, and, and speaking of good conversations and good times, they uh, the next night or so they end up at the same food trucks and. Mickey wants to get some octopus dumplings and they're all out. The last person just got Mm -hmm. them and he turns around and it's Maggie. She's the last person who got them. They both really like that, that food item. So they get to talking and um, he has to wait for his food. He had to order something else. So she'll share a little bit with him and they just, they seem to have a good time sitting there on the bench talking. Don't you think?
1: But going back to the whole flirting thing, because before they sat down, it was the, uh, you know, Mickey asks, you know, because he was wondering if she was bringing, if Maggie was bringing the food to Haley. Right. Or Maggie says Haley's at a friend's house tonight, so I'm solo. So he's like, well, you want to sit down and, you know, yeah. and eat together? And she's like, you're trying to get my dumplings? And he asked, <laughs> yeah. you, know, you still <laughs> yeah. talking about food? Or? Right.
0: Yeah. The innuendo. Like, <laughs> so it's
1: like that, that flirting, you know, just kind of turns right back on again, you know? Sure. So, it's
0: very it's natural still, with them
1: very much so i mean how many years i can't remember how many years they were married 10 to 15 or something like that i can't remember yeah i mean haley's
0: what maybe 14 now or something 14 or
1: 15 so
0: yeah they they have a history timeline there's a lot of history there sure
1: good history some bad history and we kind of saw that in season one too with the uh sunday dinner where mickey was over at maggie and haley's house and they were having dinner and talking about previous uh vacations that they'd taken before mm-hmm.
2: you
1: know, laughing and having a good time together so we've seen it before and it's it's nice to see those moments mm-hmm. but that but the scene that we're talking about just now the echo park i think i even reached out to you because i was listening to one of the podcasts that you had an interview with ted humphrey Mm-hmm. Had, and they had mentioned that there was a night shoot at echo park right right and when i when i saw that scene with the food trucks you see the fountain in the background i'm like oh that is it was just a beautiful scenery inside of that scene so yeah it was kind of fun to see that setting with the two of them have and then sitting down to eat the octopus dumplings yeah
0: so, of all things that not something i've tried but apparently it's very good
1: it's nothing i it's probably something i would never try either (laughs) i mean they both enjoy him but yeah so it was a good scene between the two of them and then they sat down and then i can't remember what the conversation was steering towards at that point
0: i I can't remember either but she gets the call or text from the guy she's dating yes and he's uh, done early with his meeting or whatever. And so they were supposed to meet for drinks and she feels obligated. It's funny how she almost basically says she feels obligated to go ahead and meet up with him early, you know, but yep. the, the way she says it, it's kind of like, I'm having fun here, but I should, yeah. you know, do this. Yeah, so. then
1: you kind of see her torn between the yeah. two.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, stick with what she knows and who she knows or go have a drink with the guy that she's started right. to see, you
0: yep. Right. And Daylin, you're right, you know, talked on the podcast about that shot and what a beautiful shot it was. And it really was gorgeous to see on screen. And I mean, I think you just have to admit that it's it's a romantic view as well. I mean, that's the kind of something you would see in a, you know, a rom-com or something you know well, especially sit- with the
1: night scene yeah the, with night, the
0: night the scene. light yeah Because yeah, sure.
1: my kids and i were there at the beginning of october mm-hmm. and we, we went to echo park during the day so we saw it that day and then when i saw it on when i was watching the first five episodes where i was watching this episode first when i see the mm-hmm. night scene i'm like you're right you know you're right with what you just said i mean it, it is mm-hmm. like a rom-com you know, it's a really romantic setting at night. Yeah. You, know, you see yeah. the downtown buildings in the background. You have the water fountain. You have the Lady of the Lake statue. Hmm. I mean, yeah, it really does play into that really yeah. well.
0: Yeah. You want to talk about Lorna and Cisco a little bit?
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they are definitely a fun pair, but we've seen a little bit of um, distress is not the word. Just maybe little bits of doubts creeping in for Lorna yeah, the first couple not episodes. Not really
1: a rift, but a raft maybe. Yeah, maybe
0: a raft. Because You know, earlier you know a the... little
1: bit of choppy water. So
0: maybe choppy thing. water. Yeah, she didn't understand why he hadn't given his list right away. She, she does not sense that he's really into the wedding plans. He seems distracted. So, so far yes. that's been sort of the thing that sort of- Concerned her, but now yep. she's getting alerts on her phone where their shared card is used, and she doesn't really recognize the place Sunland. And um, and but then she'll call Cisco. What, what are you doing? And he says he's somewhere else, you know, at the Harley store oh, yep. buying brake pads. <laughs> yeah, and so in
1: Glendale. <laughs> yeah,
0: so that that doesn't match up. And then later in the episode, he's the the card dings for that location again. And she talks to Izzy about it, like, could he be cheating on me? And Izzy's like, no way, that's not it. There may be something, mm-hmm. but that's not it. She's like totally convinced it's not that, which my mind wouldn't have gone there either. You no, know, they, they just, not. they seem totally together and made for each other. But Izzy says, why don't you talk to him about it and just, you know, just ask him, you know, don't, you don't have to sit around wondering, just go ahead and ask him. And she does. After a very late night, all-nighter, maybe even more than all-nighter. I think it ends up being like 36 hours of work. And we'll talk about the work that she was doing um, yes. in a little bit. But she's had this really long night, sleep on the couch in the office. Winston's there and starts licking her face, right? Wasn't Yep. Yep. And so. her face to wake up. Yeah. Else, like she's like, that. I'm wow, awake, wow. I'm awake. And Cisco comes in. Yep with some coffee and she's just kind of disoriented you know but then she's happy for the coffee and she goes ahead and asks him what's going on can you share a little bit about that conversation
1: yeah she has some you know or i think he says that or he kind of wants information that you know that he still loves her and that yeah you know, they're mm-hmm. still going to be getting married because they're trying kind to of, kind of both on the same wavelength where they feel like they're both acting weird you know mm-hmm. acting off a bit and lorna confronts him, saying you know that she looked up where he w- was at and at the uh clubhouse with the road saints and she's concerned and she really wants to be that cool chick that lets the yeah. guy do her stuff but mm-hmm. you know these guys that she's that he possibly is hanging out with are criminals and and when I first saw the episode and you see Cisco kind of turn away and walk away from her, I thought he was going to kind of blow a gasket. You know? Okay. He, he was in a motorcycle club. I, When mm-hmm. you've seen how he's not really a hothead, but right. you never know what could push him over that edge.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So when he first started turning away, I'm like, oh, please don't have a major fight. You know, it's kind of like you're invested in the characters. It's like you don't want to see mom and dad fighting, you know, type of thing. Yeah. So, but then you know, Cisco turns around. He's like, comes clean, talks about Kaz and that Teddy wanted him to do some work investigating Kaz to pay off his debt from uh, leaving the motorcycle club, the Road mm-hmm. Saints. You know, so it was, a, and it was a good moment. They finally got their stuff dealt with which was good to see i'm glad it didn't kind of drag on into the next episode i agree you No, know, because I mean, we're getting into trial mode here and
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: so you kind of want to see them patch things up
0: You are united same, front with united them. front get on the yeah. same
1: plane get on the same uh, wavelength with each other and then you know and that's what they did Mm-hmm. You know they, they, but I'm still a little bit nervous because she ended the con, ended that conversation a little bit with the, uh, you know, don't, don't, don't do this again type of thing, yeah, type of, yeah, thing. It's, it
0: kind of is an ultimatum. She lays down the yeah. law. They're 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 good. They're happy. They're on the same page. But she's like, do not lie yeah. to me again. Don't you know, do this
2: again.
1: Yeah. But then she's been hiding something from him, and that was the real reason she left law school the first That's time. That's right. That's and I like to the reaction. It's like you know, she's like, "I probably didn't tell you the last or the re- reason I left law school."
0: Uh-huh.
1: He's like, "Well, obviously not." <laughs> yeah, he's never heard the story before. Yeah, so, and then it cuts to the next scene. But uh, well, let's
0: go and talk about that. Let's go and talk about that. What she does tell him about Professor Wheaton,
1: Dean or Dean Wheaton? Yeah, now. he's
0: interim dean. Yeah. So, do you want
1: to talk about the porch scene? I take her right.
0: Yeah. So she just, just a. Refresh everybody. This this is the guy that she confronted in the last episode that made unwanted advances and totally inappropriate advances as he's an authority figure, you know, with with law school and she being the student. But so that happened the first time she was in law school and she just quit. You know, she didn't confront him. She didn't, you know, pursue anything. She just quit. And now she's going back. She's not going to let something like that stop her. She has to get him. Last episode to sign the paper for her to do the criminal practice clinic with Mickey. And so she's got to confront him at least to get that signature. And she ends up, you know, in a professional way, telling him off and, you know, Mm -hmm. making him very clear that what he did was wrong. So she's kind of, you know, faced that demon, but she had not, right? She had not told Cisco about it yet. So she, you know, goes ahead and lets him know what happened and then yes we later in the episode we have a a porch scene which is uh, it's just kind of fun so you want to talk about that
1: (laughs) oh absolutely I I love how Cisco handled this I mean Mm -hmm. I probably throw out the word love and favorite and you know a lot because but there's so much so many moments to actually really enjoy in in each episode but yeah Cisco well you see a guy walking up to his porch flicking on or flicking at the lamp because the outside light's not Mm -hmm. on Mm-hmm. And they're sitting on the porch as Cisco stands up and uh, Dean Wheaton asks, you know, who he is. And it's like, there? I'm a friend of Lorna Cranes. And, <laughs> and, and as he's approaching, he's like, uh, uh, how did Dean say it? You know, it's like, or the Wheaton kind of says that she, that, you know, that they've talked. And he's like, yeah, but I'm here to put a period at the end of that sentence, you know, mm-hmm. and gets right in his face. And then tells them, you know, you should put a doorbell camera on your porch because you never know who's going to show up, you know. Right. So it was just great how Cisco handled it. No threats, no raising his voice, just kind of yeah. calm, cool, collected. Tells them, you know, I'm just here to make sure you heard. <laughs>
0: yeah. And he doesn't even say that about the, the, the doorbell camera to his face. He kind of says it as he's walking away, like, I don't even have time to look at you, buddy. You're not even worth that, you know, but here's the, here's the threat. You're going to hear it and you're going to leave us alone and leave Lorna alone. So yeah, not, not, not bad guy to have in your corner. And then he, he, when he goes home, Lorna knows what he's done. Like they they are so close. She's like, of course he went and said something to him, but I think the, and, and she's fine with it, but I think the best part of that, scene was where cisco lifts winston off the bed and puts yes. him in his little dog bed or yeah the snoring yeah. the yeah. loudly
1: snoring winston,
0: <laughs> winston <laughs> that's an
1: adorable dog too. oh my I, gosh yeah. i love winston
0: it gets booted out of the bed but i mean his dog bed looked pretty nice so it's not like he's yes. even having to sleep on the floor
1: but so. but lorna said you know let sleeping dogs lie which means winston's back on the bed tomorrow night <laughs> <laughs>
0: there you go yeah <laughs> that won't yeah that won't last long Exactly. A um, so yeah we're shifting around a little bit just trying to complete some of the storylines in full um, we need you need to talk about some of the time that the whole crew is at the office so we've got cisco we've got izzy mickey and lorna and they're basically kind of doing a, a prep meeting looking at what evidence they have so far and everything and um, cisco has uncovered information with his contacts so We have learned that Bondurant's body was found by his car in the parking garage of his office building. So we know where things happened. There was a circular wound on the top of his head, but they don't, no one has found a murder weapon. And Izzy asked, well, that's pretty, that's good, right? If there is no murder weapon and and Mickey says, Mm -hmm. well, it is until there is one, you know, if it it turns up that that is bad. But at this point, they don't have it, but, you know, they know that some type of weapon made a, a circular wound bash on the top of his head. Um, there's an empty coffee cup, but we know he went to the coffee shop, and there's a shard of mirrored glass, uh, which could be, like, from a rear-view mirror, but they looked at his side-view mirrors of his car, um, and they were not damaged. So I that's kind of...
1: Say, Go ahead. i oh, sorry. Yeah. I just want to say, I've been racking my brain trying to figure out what the shard of glass, mirrored glass stands for
0: okay. evidence-wise, mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
1: because I, as you know i'm a i'm the book reader i, yeah, I read yeah, all the yeah. books rereading, re-listening there is no shard of glass in the book. Right, there is right, right. the coffee Don't,
0: cup yeah
1: so i i just been trying to rack my <laughs> brain it's like what could it signify you know what what does it mean so yeah I,
0: yeah no so i was I, the same way i was the same way yep. um it, it and it's a perfect example of how you can enjoy reading the books and enjoy watching the series yeah because everything's not the same and you're just exactly like, i gotta know i gotta know where that glass came from so yeah exactly so it's great know.
1: right it's a great writing or great way of writing for the writers they're not going mm-hmm. right off the book it's like hey let's throw this little thing in there i just i'm curious to see how it plays out in the next, yeah. in the next part two when that drops tomorrow. Yeah. Yes,
0: <laughs> it's on the way. As we we're recording this podcast, it's the evening yes. of August <laughs> 2nd and just around midnight Pacific time, Netflix will drop episodes six through ten. So, yeah, we're we're kind of giddy about that, too, as we talk about episode three. Yes. <laughs> Cisco also reports there was an eyewitness that the eyewitnesses they saw Lisa leaving the garage her name is margot schaefer
1: actually i think they just said she was in the area
0: in the area is that the term yeah they i use? don't okay. think they
1: said she was leaving the garage was, I, if i remember correctly mm-hmm. they said that okay She was a uh, walking away from the area but they didn't specify okay. in the or out of the garage
0: but she was a uh, yeah around there somewhere or supposedly and then uh, Lorna kind of pieces it together that Mickey wants to compel discovery from the prosecution. They need the discovery now. They don't want to wait. They want it to come swiftly. And so this is going to be one of her first assignments is to write mm-hmm. a motion to compel discovery. Uh, so she's she's actually excited about that, which it sounds like kind of torturous to me, but she's yes. in law school. she's she's <laughs> she's doing this, so she's she's excited about it.
1: We'll even hear her say that when they're on the phone later yeah. on it's like yeah I'm excited about it should I be excited about it you no know, yeah. she's asking herself
0: yeah know. she's checking herself but while they're all working and 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 so forth there's a surprise visitor or surprise visitors to the office mm-hmm. why don't you go with that Mike who shows up Lisa Crannell <laughs> yep. with a
1: friend a podcaster named or a podcast producer named Henry Dahl mm-hmm um, so Lisa says that that our I can't remember if Lisa or Henry one of them say that lisa Lisa's bailed out because they had done a podcast a few months ago about gentrification and Henry Dahl knew that she didn't do the crime she's com- or accused of doing mm-hmm. So he posted the two hundred thousand dollar bail bonds mm-hmm. bail bond? yeah yeah the bond mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. bond. Bail bond. <laughs> So Mickey mm-hmm. kind of shakes his hand, but it's kind of a reluctant shake mm-hmm. type of thing. And
0: like what's and up then,
1: here? Exactly. So and and I understand Lisa didn't want to spend any time in jail. I get it. I don't think any of us really would want to. I,
0: I don't the, wanna I don't want to write a motion to compel discovery, and I definitely don't want to spend the night in jail. Just oh, for you the you record. <laughs> but uh yeah, so they, they show up. Mickey was on his way out, it
1: seemed like so he asks Izzy if he can ar- arrange a ride for Lisa to get her back home. And she goes, well, uh, Lisa says that Henry could give her a ride home. But he's like, well, I actually had to talk, you know, something through with Henry.
0: Yeah. So
1: it brings Henry out to the garage, to the back of the Lincoln. And there's this great scene. I don't know if you've, I don't know if you spotted it. I, I, I'm i a facial expression type of guy. When uh, when Mickey opens the back of the Lincoln, Henry Dahl sees how big You know the trunk is the space is, and yeah, doll asks, you know, stuff me in there. (laughs) And Mickey just kind of tilts his head, and you can see his raise his eyebrows a little bit, where it's like, "Eh, don't tempt me, pal. (laughs) Yeah, type of a type of a look, and then you know that. uh, And doll says that Mickey's going to make a great character in the series, the podcast. But Mickey tells him, you know, he's not going. He's not interested in being a character in any podcast series hands Henry Dahl the signed contract from the day before where he owns the rights for Lisa's story.
2: Mm-hmm. So if
1: there are any offers, it goes through him first mm-hmm. or through him only. He even hands the paperwork to Henry to look through and then takes it back, puts it back in his file. And then basically, or well, flat out tells Henry that he doesn't trust him. He thinks he's a con yeah. man. Yeah. You know, of course, Henry's like, well, what are you trying to get out of it? And he goes, you know uh uh how do you phrase it it was uh he has a duty to his client Mm
0: -hmm. and then
1: to get paid in that order in that
0: order yeah yeah so
1: he doesn't care about the money he wants to make sure that Lisa or any of his clients have the best defense possible
0: and and henry's not happy that uh, he's offended when mickey doesn't think or doesn't even guess that podcasting is you know a lucrative
1: oh that's um, right lucrative
0: that's yeah right. um pr- pursual um that you're doing how lucrative it can be to, to do a podcast which you know i'm sure some are this one folks is not ex- oh <laughs> i wouldn't bummer. use i wouldn't use those terms <laughs> but we sure do have fun doing it but oh, um yeah it's just that, that and that in itself is payment right Having there you go fun. that's the payment <laughs> that's the payment we have fun But, yeah, it's funny to see Henry, like, just look offended. Like, he didn't even know the name of the podcast when he mentioned it earlier. One of his best, best...
1: Yeah, performing podcasts. yeah for three months or whatever it was yeah mickey
0: hadn't heard of that and then he doesn't mickey doesn't seem to make the connection that henry thinks he can make good money off of this so yep. yeah he's 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 easily offended and and mickey does make it clear no new footage no interviews you cannot yep. talk to her film her anything because you know they i think they talked about earlier upstairs in the office that they have old footage that he can like draw upon and, and right. use to put something together yes but nothing new, you know, we just, no, nothing new. So, so yeah, that kind of, that kind of wraps that scene up, but Lisa's out. She's out. Thanks to Henry. Yeah. Thanks Henry. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa. Thanks you, Henry. Mickey, not so much.
1: <laughs> yeah. Mickey and everybody else. Not so
0: much. <laughs> he uh, Mickey has dinner with Haley, that evening and they talk a little bit about her lesson something about where she's talking to Mickey and she somehow it comes up he asked she asked about his case and she says that she overheard her mom and Andy that his case came up at the house yeah that was at
1: the that was at the stables when after a riding lesson
0: oh was that when that was okay yep Uh,
1: they Um, were putting uh, Haley and Mickey were walking the horse back to the stable and then yeah, Haley was going to get changed, but uh, yeah, so they have a conversation.
0: Yeah, I think, I think maybe it comes us. up again at, at dinner or something, but it, it, and, and also while Mickey was at her lesson, he sees someone struggling to get on a horse, you know, it's a, yep. it's a shorter person and that would be hard to, I think would be a hindrance to getting on the horse. That would make it harder. And at that time, it sparked something in his mind. He calls Lorna and asks how tall Mitchell Bondurant is. And she looks it up and, and figures he's about six foot three. So that kind of sticks out. Like he's thinking about something probably related to the crime scene with the height of Bondurant. Yep. You know, he doesn't really go any further, but then he's got like that nugget in his head. And then he also, you know, remembers talking to Haley about hearing that, you know, that Andrea and her mom were, were talking about his case. And so he ends up calling Lorna and telling her that she needs to do more motions. Yep. Um a, a lot more. And this is where her ah. her 36 <laughs> hour overnight or into day thing happens where she's asleep on the couch and Cisco comes in that, that we talked about earlier. So she does it. She we see her moving around the office drinking lots of cups of coffee and she gets through all these motions. And the next day, they're in court to file those motions. But before they can, probably expected by Mickey, Andrea Freeman wants to talk to him. Like, what is up with all these motions? You think this is, is going to work, you know, and all these things about discovery and all these things he wants. And then he says, well, I actually have one more. And Laura's yep. like, what? And he's like, yeah, I did one on my own. <laughs> And it was to get her removed, get Andy removed as the prosecutor. And she's like, what are you talking about? And um, he he goes on to say that there's a look of impropriety because she was talking about their case in front of his daughter at her daughter, his daughter and mom's house. And that's, you know, that creates a conflict of interest as well. And, you mm-hmm. know, a, a look of impropriety and she she's like and he's like you lied to me and she's like what do you what do you mean i lied and you basically she had said they hadn't really talked about it and so it's just he said she said you know it, it doesn't sound like they were really having a big conversation but he did hear from his daughter that andy was at the house and she heard them mention the case so he knows how much andy wants this case, how competitive she is. We've all seen that,
2: you know, already
0: in the episode, she talks about him wanting people, people's eyes trained on him. And he even, you know, lets her know that she wants people's eyes trained on her as well. So this is again, high profile. She wants this case. So that's where he creates some leverage and she's like, it's still not going to work with the judge. And yeah, Mickey was saying that, you know, even if she kicks all these other motions that
1: Lorna was busy writing up all night that the judge might feel sorry for the defense and give yeah. them the one word the DA gets kicked off because you know what's the matter what prosecutors right. uh, prosecute in the case you know makes no not,
0: difference to the judge
1: yeah makes no difference to the judge but then going back I just want to backtrack you know sure about, about 10 minutes in the episode uh-huh. I don't know whose idea it was to have the multiverse of Lorna's in the office where you see multiples of her throughout as the camera pans, oh yeah like we're
0: yeah, yeah yeah mm-hmm. i don't
1: know if that was written in or if the director's like oh i think this is i don't know whose idea it was but i think it was brilliant because uh, yeah. not only do you see all the work she was putting in but it was almost like she was looking at herself at times you know the one would freeze and the other one would take over where lauren yeah. reading a book and then one's walking down the hallway writing on a legal pad so I just loved that cam camera or that 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 shot.
0: Yeah, yeah. no, that was really and that's really okay. good the way you kind of talked about the multiverse because it, it did it's you talk like you said it showed how much work she was putting into it. She was kind of almost on the outside looking in, and mm-hmm. it was almost made it feel like she had to have multiple lornas to First, be able to yeah. get that much done. You know, like exactly. like she, it almost seemed like she had to clone herself to get that much done. So it really does exactly. you're right, it really does give that that feeling that sense of just how much work she's done so yeah so mickey's got he's basically you know he's got the leverage with Andra. He, he's like she's like okay what do you want you know because she yep. does not want to get kicked off the case
2: exactly. and
0: and he wants to get discovery flowing he wants the evidence the information faster and i think he gives she says friday and then he's like What did he say? Noon tomorrow?
1: Thursday. Well, he wanted it tomorrow. She said Friday, so it must be Tuesday because they decided Thursday at
0: noon. Okay. So So they kind of, yeah, they kind of meet in the middle, that whole negotiation thing. But he gets what he wants by, you know, leveraging information, throwing other things into the mix. So that's a win for Mickey and, and Lorna. Although, How do you think Lorna feels after doing all that work? Do you think she's just like, well, we had to do it yeah. to make it happen. I was
1: actually curious about that too, because at the time when you saw her in the court courtroom, she was like, you know, I did all that work for nothing. No, mm-hmm. actually, I think that was after the after the fact. You know, she was kind of saying that she did all the work for nothing. He's like, no, there was something to be gained. You know, so he was kind of teaching her a lesson, so to speak. But at the same time, he could have been upfront with her. I think. Sometimes Mickey kind of has, you know, people do stuff for him without quite fully explaining.
0: And it's almost like he didn't, maybe he could have stopped to explain because it's almost like it was an evolving tactic. Like at first he wanted to file a motion, then he wanted to file a bunch of motions. And then he talked to Haley or remembered that conversation. he's like, well, we got to do that. It's almost like it was happening over time. But yeah, he still didn't stop to say, hey, by the way, this is what I'm going for here, you know. Yep. And I wonder if he's not used to having like having a second chair, like having that help, you know, and what that means. I mean, surely he's had one before, but not with Lorna. And I wonder if maybe he doesn't quite yeah. think, you yeah, know,
1: maybe it's because he wanted the best out of Lorna with the motion. Maybe, I, I maybe. say anything, but at yeah. the same time, it's still kind of a kind of a dick move, you know. Yeah, like, it
0: is. But... <laughs> it does feel that way. It, it seems that way to me. Um and and that's the thing, Mickey is not not perfect. And I think we should call him to the carpet when uh when that happens. There was even one time in the episode where he, he did something and just like hung up or and she's like, That was rude. Yeah, I, I can't remember right. what it was. <laughs> but yeah, she, when, she
1: when uh when oh yeah, it was the first call or whatever. We just kind of hung up on her. And...
0: Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, weird. related to that. Yeah, it's funny. So we've got a couple of things that happened um that evening after. Um, he makes the agreement with Andrea, but I I wonder if we should back up. We, did, we didn't really talk about what we, we know as viewers, what Cisco has been dealing with, but, and, but he, yes. he Lorna did have a conversation about what he was doing. Did you want to, do you think we want to talk about that at all? The whole thing with Kaz and their history?
1: Yeah, we should probably cause you know, it's a recap episode. Yeah. Um, so I remember that Cisco was telling Lorna that the whole reason he came out was he was following kaz out
0: mm-hmm.
1: it was kind of a funny thing where lorna was saying pez or paz or, or jazzy or she's
0: like kaz- it's a jazzy or pez yeah, that or was paz. awesome and it's like and that was funny Cisco's
1: was like Caz, you know?
0: yeah
1: <laughs> kaczynski you know peter um, but yeah so yeah. cisco apparently followed him around when they were younger, 14, 15. Mm -hmm. So Kaz came out to L.A. to join the Road Saints, so likely Cisco did as well. And the reason why Cisco feels like he owes Kaz is because Kaz saved Cisco from going to jail back in the day when they were with the Road Saints because they were supposed to make a delivery run, and Kaz purposefully gave him the wrong address to show up to to go on the run. So had Cisco showed up at the right spot, both him and Kaz would be serving the time in jail right now. Uh So Lorna, I think Lorna sees it and she understands it, but at the same time she's still scared that he's, you know, being around the road saints
0: again. And that Teddy kind of has him under his thumb, you know, saying you need to figure this out. He's, He's getting that direction and that pressure from Teddy. This is his friend. He's putting him in this awkward position and he's like still not she thought he was done with the saints yes. and he kind of was, if he would just let Mickey keep doing free work for them, but he, you know, he, he said, that's not, you know, that's
1: yeah, not that's the way not it's going to go. That's not his style. He wants to pay his own debts. Like you said, like episode 10, season one,
0: mm-hmm.
1: You know, he went up to the, to the road saints clubhouse and says, I, I pay what I owe. Mm-hmm. You
0: know? Right. Right.
1: So, so yeah. I, but at the same time, you're still kind of, you're in you're kind of in Lorna's boat, you know, you're scared yeah. for them. sure, sure. You never know what what a what a motorcycle club will do, you know, type of things. So. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. And they wear that little one percent or patch on their vest. So so yeah, that, that's threatening even in and of itself. So we finish um with backing up to they will get the discovery. By what did you say Thursday at noon? Is that what we're looking it's at?
1: Thursday at noon. Oh, yep. Yeah.
0: So we've made that agreement. Mickey's back at the office. When he comes back, Izzy is there with Ray, her ex now on again girlfriend. And immediately you kind of sense that that um Mickey goes kind of into protective mode, you know. Like yeah. Izzy is his, you know, he, he wants to take care of her and make sure she's okay. Izzy introduces Ray, they chit chat she didn't think Mickey was, was coming back to the office. So she got Ray to come give her a ride. Ray takes the opportunity to talk to Mickey alone and basically says, I know you probably maybe don't think a lot of me or have doubts about me, but I really want to make Izzy happy. And he's like, well, that, you know, we have that in common, you know, we want Izzy to be happy. And he just kind of gives his own kind of veiled threat or warning that, you know, I believe in second chances. I've had a lot, but if you hurt her, you, you won't get a third you know Yep, exactly um, so then they leave and then they leave he to go a, to have
1: they leave to go have dinner
0: yeah and yeah. i like the oh. I like the, uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: i like the conversation that mickey says you know you don't need to take pictures and <laughs> send them yeah. to me of your food you know lorna does it drives me crazy yeah don't please enjoy, don't do that <laughs> just
0: enjoy the food yeah just <laughs> enjoy it eat the food it's not about the pictures exactly it's kind of funny so they leave, but Maggie shows up and she is mad. Oh, yeah. Do you want to talk about that?
1: Yeah. <sighs> I might as well, since we're talking about the whole scenes with them flirting. Yeah,
0: and, yeah.
1: You, know, you, you kind of get that small glimmer of hope. where I actually wrote down like a, a line here for myself to kind of remember. It seems like it's always like one or two steps forward with their relationship, and one giant step back. Mm -hmm. So in season one, it was, you know, Mickey's making the strides, being there for Haley's games, practice, uh, Wednesday nights, every other weekend, you know, they're making strides, and then Mickey does the Mickey thing, doesn't tell Maggie about Langford, had the opportunity, didn't cause him to have that giant step back. So I and I with this situation in episode three, I know that you know Haller's just trying to prosecute her shop, you know, mm-hmm. you know with, the, with the motion to try to get Andy off the case. Like they were saying earlier in the episode, he hasn't won a lot against her, if any at all. Yeah. So Maggie comes in hot. That that Mickey would use Haley. Right. Against, put her in the middle. Against yeah, put her in the middle and Maggie too at the same time. Putting yeah, them both. Yeah. Yeah. True against andrea and i and i'm kind of on both fences right i Mm -hmm. I, I see maggie's point she doesn't want her her daughter or their daughter being stuck in the middle but i can see haller's point to a degree he was just trying to get discovery maybe if he had told maggie up front you know i'm going to do this move where i'm just trying to get discovery flowing now rather than later maybe maggie would be on board with it but Mm -hmm obviously caught her off guard because Andrea's a friend and Haley's her daughter Mickey's the ex so yeah Maggie's hot have a conversation about what is it that
0: she, she puts it together that, yes. and she's like, why are you even representing this woman? She gave you free food, you know, that just lured you in. Yeah. And then she's like, ding, ding, you know, you yeah. stuck with her. And he's like, it was just once. And it's, oh, it's, it's not now. Now she's my client, you know, and all this. And then she starts to, in that, she accuses him of doing that as a reaction to her dating someone. And he denies that. And it's kind of some back and forth about yeah, he's just that. He's trying to move on with
1: his life is what yeah. he says, and- right. I'm kind of, I was kind of surprised with how quickly Maggie put it together. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, she's like you after, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Woman's intuition, and then I guess. Like,
1: you know, you throw your, uh, I like the line where you throw yourself at the first person that strokes your ego, you know? Yeah. It's like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah so I, I was kind of, kind of surprised with how quick Maggie put it together that, uh-huh. and then she mentions, you know, talk about conflict of interest. Do you have any idea how bad this looks or how bad this can be? Yeah. So, but like you said, you know, he's only he only had that one night with her, and now he's he's a client. They're going to be professional, but still, Maggie still wanders off, still very upset with.
0: with and what does what does she say that um I think really hurt him? Do you remember oh. anything else she said? She talked about seeing him the other night at the food truck and she she oh, says
1: that's right that was the mickey that i that i love yeah
0: those, yeah and oh, so mm-hmm. it's like
1: even in the scene where you know you're seeing mom and dad fighting like the Cisco and mm-hmm. lower enough earlier really mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know it's like he throws out the line where you know that's the mickey that i love and i'm i i was there was it, that glimmer of hope thing she oh, says yeah. love. didn't say loved it's not past tense and it's present yeah. tense yeah. that he yeah. uses. So,
0: and it's almost so, like she's you know, holding it out there, you know, like this, maybe this could have been, or this is who I yeah. love, but she snatches it right back. Now keep Haley out of it, exactly. you know, and she's mad at this point. So,
1: And like Mickey said, you know, he's trying to move on with his mm-hmm. life and she, you know, put a lion in the sand, mm-hmm. you know, with the situation that happened at the end of season one, you know, and, yeah, it's not fun seeing them fight.
0: No, I know,
1: but as as actors, actresses, Nev Campbell, Manu, how, how do you saw? Oh, Manuel,
0: name? Manuel, Man- Manuel, yeah.
1: uh-huh. Manuel, Manuel, Nev Campbell. I mean, they they're such great actors. I mm-hmm. mean, you feel for both characters in that yeah. scene. Yeah, no, I it really, is
0: palpable. Mm-hmm.
1: I love how they how they got that performance out of each actor. So mm-hmm.
0: no, yeah, I I totally agree. Well, he's had enough visitors at the office. He finally gets to head home and yeah. <laughs> because he gets a text, at least partially because he gets a text from Lisa saying she wants to to see him and he goes home. She stops by. She's got food with him. She even tries to like show a little bit of affection and he you know, rebuffs her again. Like we can't do this. You know, remember it's business only. They talk a little bit about she wants to make it really clear that she's innocent. She, you know, she keeps wanting to tell him that. And just, you know, they they talk just for a little bit. She leaves the food and then she uh we watch her, you know, like go back to her car. And then we see the POV from across the street, from someone inside the car. And it's we figure out who it is. It's just glasses, dark hair and glasses. We can tell that it's Henry Dahl yep. watching Mickey, Mickey's house, watching what's going on from his car across the street and uh unsettling curious uh what the heck kind of thing you know but it's just that sort of ominous vibe and and the credits roll well I you know I always like to torture Jay with some games and you seem like you're up for the challenge but I kind of think that you're gonna be fine with this now I'm not trying to set you up you know like like you, know. you set up Jay all yeah. the time, <laughs> <laughs> but I I really think that that you're you're gonna and I just have to well. say your
1: quote your quote game that you did with Jay I I loved playing along when I was listening oh, good. to that podcast so Oh good uh, yeah I, asked, I think you dri- I think you set, sent it out last week or a week and a half ago
0: Yeah it was, a pr- was episode two mm-hmm. Yeah I was
1: listening to it when I was at work oh. driving and I'm like so I was playing along with Jay. <sighs> And you yeah. got me quite a few times, so my, but I love that quote game because not only was it uh, you gave two quotes, and they had to say or Jay had to say who who, who which who said them said the line and in which order where it came and yeah which order which came first and yeah I love that and I'm hoping <laughs> to try to incorporate something like that in a future trivia either with Lincoln wow. Lawyer or Bach trivia something like that
0: okay because yeah, there's
1: so many good quotes throughout any episode of oh yeah. Shows. Yeah. So, and I'm a quote. Per- I love quotes, movie okay. quotes, TV quotes.
0: So, well, my so seg- let's, see.
1: let's see how I do so it. Right?
0: My segue <laughs> is that you, 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 okay, you're a quote person, but you're also a locations person. And Ooh, you and I yes. both like to see, see where things are filmed. If, if we can happen to visit them, we like to know where things were filmed, what locations were used. And so I am going to name a a scene or something from the episode and you need to tell me where it occurred. Now, where it occurred could be a building, an area, a street, but whatever you can tell me for where that happened. Okay. Sounds good. (laughs) All right. We have one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay. All right. Darius McGinley. Where is Darius McGinley? In prison. (laughs) Okay. Can you be more specific?
1: Oh man. Uh Corcoran.
0: (laughs) Yes. Ding ding ding. All right. I like it. Where's the Harley store that uh Cisco frequents? Glendale. Ding 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 ding. That's I even said
1: that earlier. I think I said that earlier in this in this episode. Yeah, you did.
0: I was like, oh, he's gonna get it. She was getting the alert from someplace other than not Glendale. You'll get this one you'll get this one too where is the food truck with the octopus dumplings oh
1: man it's right on the of my <laughs> yeah right echo park
0: yeah I don't think they even say that in the episode but we since you know they brought it up uh the showrunner brought it up and, and it's very recognizable to some people but um, yes. I had to throw that one in there so yes Echo Park.
1: I'm just um, curious sorry to c- take a quick time out from your yeah. game here I'm also curious, do they actually have food trucks down there at any time? That is a good question. I was was curious about that or is it just something they did for the scene?
0: No, that's a good question. I would like to know that too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Where are Haley's riding lessons?
1: Griffith Park.
0: Ding, ding, ding. Got it. That leads to another another question. Oh, yay me! I got some points.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That also leads to another question I thought about when I was watching the episode earlier today was in one of the books echo park they were talking about uh the stables where the, oh. the woman was buried i'm wondering if those are the same oh this same area, same st- yeah, the same area yeah yeah stables that were used in echo park for where they went to find the body yeah that uh, that, uh i'm in lincoln lawyer mind i'm not in Raynard
0: weights yeah yeah that's funny yeah you're tying that together so interesting I curious if that was the same yeah no that it it probably is hopefully <laughs> all right where is cafe maurice's can you tell me any indication oh, of where that is
1: that's a good one well, i know it's downtown <laughs>
0: <laughs> getting closer
1: ah, and i know oh man that's a good one sunset i'm just gonna throw out sunset okay
0: no, but I—I I, I mean, I don't know distances or anything, but they—they they say Cafe Morris's on Wilshire. They uh, Wilshire. You know, so, yeah, uh-huh. so Wilshire. Okay, so that's four out of five. Here we go into number six. So
1: having a passing grade, so that's good. yes,
0: yes. Now this one, um, I, I'm—I should even call it maybe the bonus one because this was not even in the subtitles. I have to watch with the subtitles because I just don't hear super great, and well, it just helps me. From what I
1: hear, I just like to see. What they're saying when I've watched right, it gives
0: me more information. Yeah, I feel yeah. like I get I feel like I get more from it. I don't I don't want to miss anything. So this didn't actually come up in the subtitles, but you can hear someone um say it. Where is the restaurant that Ray and Izzy plan to go to?
1: Oh man. Oh. Yeah, I couldn't even fathom a guess. I didn't
0: Yeah. That's I, a I that's a tougher one. You can hear one. her say a restaurant in the arts district arts district okay yeah so yeah that, that's 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 just a tougher one so that's four out of six that's two thirds hey, tough
1: is good tough can be good so
0: yeah i don't want it to be too easy i don't want it to be too easy oh, but obviously. i i you you were just rattling them off there so good job i'm impressed yeah, thank you that was that was fun i like that game too so okay good <laughs> good i thought you would enjoy something with locations Stay tuned, folks, because we've got Daylin Rodriguez to give us some more scoop about the early episodes in season two. So stay around for that. That'll be up next. And just big shout out to you, Mike. Thank you so much for guesting. We love having you on. Thanks for playing my game. And we'd love to have you back sometime.
1: Love the games. Love to help you out whenever needed. And I appreciate the offer. So thank you so much.
0: Awesome. Thank you. All right. Bye, everybody. See you. Bye, everybody. One of my good friends who loves the show, um, his name is Mike Martini. He did, he had a specific question he wanted me to ask about the garage fight. If there was any, if you could give any intel on how that was captured, like he was talking about, was there like a drone? It it's was a drone. Device. Yeah. It's
2: a, dr- it's a drone shot. And the idea is that we just wanted to, to sort of surprise the audience a little bit. And mm-hmm. we, we like this idea of hearing a fight before you see it and what's going on. Yeah. And the big thing is all season the parking lot kind of becomes a, a a bit of a an I don't know if inside joke is the right thing, but it's sort of like we we lean into it because I think it's in episode three that mm-hmm. I wrote. I think uh, that, that uh, Lorna says 10% of crime happens in parking lots and garages, yeah. which is true. That is. Okay. okay. <laughs> true statistic. So the idea was that we would just play into sort of the same way that the season started last time, but in yeah. a kind of a surprising way. And then we were sure. a little meta with the VO, which ends up uh, paying off in episode six. Okay. Um, So, um, there is a payoff for that, but yeah, it was, it was a drone shot. It was like a really complicated drone shot coming in to, to the, um, to the garage.
0: Okay. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. We have a few, we
2: use a few drone shots. There's another one. I think we do some drone work also in the beginning with uh him driving when they're driving through LA and stuff like that so we do
0: some drones up there as well what about that with the sixth street bridge was did that involve some drone work or was that alongside there that
2: day we were shooting I think Gladys was though and I don't think that was a drone shot I think that was a follow car with a crane I think
0: yeah she mentioned the follow car and I didn't know if you could get all of it with that type of set up or i'm not not, so so i'm
2: not sure about that one but i think i think that's how we did it but we may have done a a, um we may have done also a drone shot on that okay
0: i um one thing i I thought about too but before i came on today i i I hesitated about bringing it up because i didn't want you to feel like i was making light of anything about what's going on but when i saw lana paria post herself um on the strike I had to almost take a double take because I'm so immersed in the story that it was like Lisa protesting outside Mitchell Bondurant's office. It's like, like, this is talk about meta. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I was like, wait a minute, which universe am I in reality or, or not? So, but I, we know she's out there fighting the good fight. So, um, but that just, that, that just sort of caught me by surprise i want to talk a little bit about griggs so you know we we see him again in episode one he's one of my favorites from season one um i i don't know i just kind of connect with him but and I, and maybe this is part of it because he seems like a good guy a good solid guy are you guys building him out maybe at all like sort of a moral compass and and not a foil for Mickey but just sort of to bounce off of like he seems very balanced and
2: yeah I I think that Griggs came out of the uh, out of an unfortunate circumstance which is the one that we can't use Bosch right right Mm -hmm. so I think Ted in the first season was trying to find a a character actor that would really have some gravitas that we could play with because Mm -hmm. as the books continue eventually uh, when we get to the reversal at some point, Bosch plays a huge part in that book. Yeah, be able to use that character. So, I think the the hope is to be able to use Griggs there, um, if if we're able to. If if okay, uh, yeah, sorry, he's not on another job or something. Right, <laughs> but right, right. But hopefully, that's why. W- what's great about our world is that we we set up these characters that we come back to, like Judge Medina that we set up last season and we, and yeah. we Coleman and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, so Griggs is another person that lives sort of in our in our world. And I think like, even though he kind of screws over Mickey a little bit in that moment with mm-hmm. Mrs Mendez, I do think he then sort of redeems himself with all yeah. stuff with glory days. And he is in our world, a cop that Mickey, if he can ever trust a cop, it's going to be the one. Okay. He yeah. Would be the one, you know, yeah. but always with like one eye open. Yeah. It, Cause yeah. they don't defense attorneys and cops aren't each other's best friends. So. Sure. Sure. And I think
0: that's what makes it such an intriguing combination too, because they do kind of seem to ultimately have each other's backs, but they're coming from, you know, two different you know, yeah. perspectives. So it, it brings a lot of interest to it. Well, speaking a little bit of it, not specifically just to episode two, but we learned a lot I think in episode two because we're watching and trying to put the pieces together, and then we get this great sort of primer at the end when we yeah. flash back to what Legal Siegel said, and it just sort of confirmed everything and wrapped it up. I, I, so I was telling Gladys I just thought that was great storytelling that that format. But in regard to like the viewers who may not have any sort of legal background you know, I I told her, I think you guys do a great job of educating us without, you know, feeling like we're being schooled, so to speak. How do you guys kind of gauge that? Like how much you want to sort of provide a little explanation through a conversation or something? Like, do you, do you think about that? I, I, I don't think I'd be going, I don't think I'd be misquoting Ted
2: if I said that, like the wanting the show to be as realistic as possible Mm -hmm. about the law is a huge thing for Ted. It's really important Mm -hmm. for him. And I think it's also because I think it comes from uh, the good wife where that was really important for the good wife as well. And, you know, Ted used to be an attorney, so it's really important for him to get us to be as close as we can. And I think, I think the success of the jury um, selection episode in season one sort of is the impetus for us to try and still talk about the law and special circumstances in the law and try Mm -hmm. and teach people things about it, but without being pedantic. Yeah. And, um, we do talk about that a lot. It's like, how can we, how can we sort of, but it's also the case of Mickey sort of like, you know, the, the Terrell Coleman case with his daughter, it's like, we do a lot of like, how would Mickey cleverly get out of a situation using using the law mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. how and how would mickey get out of a clever situation as a character mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know what i mean so it's it's both things it's like yeah um so we do talk about that a lot it's like okay. what are the clever ways the, the i think also why we like those small little stories those smaller like um Legal right. legal stories that aren't part of the A story is mm-hmm. a way to show Mickey's really smart. Yeah, and knows how to use the law in a way to help his clients, and sort of his own cleverness. Like in first season, with figuring out that the necklace was not a mm-hmm. it was a real, real deal, yeah. <laughs> real, yeah. real diamonds. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just using his own life experience to know when people are trying to pull the wool over his eyes. Yeah. You know? But we really do spend some time thinking about, like, what is the best way for us to tell this legal story? We do it again in the back half of the season. Okay. With the fifth witness of it all. Okay. Um, yeah. Which, you'll mm-hmm. say, which yeah. is a very specific episode with uh, with a character. I don't want to give away too much. Sure. But we do it again where we try to explain what exactly Mickey is trying to get away with. Yeah. And, how, and we use how he's going to do it to, to do
0: that. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Well, talking about those little smaller or shorter cases, I guess I kind of think of them like little vignette cases <laughs> or something, but they, they did such a good job setting those up in season one. That's what helped fool us in um this season with Russell Lawson. We're just right. like, oh, it's another one of his little small kids. You got it. That's why we
2: <laughs> so, did that. <laughs> yeah. So it's like,
0: wow, that's 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 great how you, you know it just all comes together. So a little bit we start to see as we get into the season, we see more of a like kind of a growing friendship with um Lorna and Izzy. And I think it's really great when Lorna kind of apologizes or or does apologize to her for maybe not embracing her completely at first, but you know, they they understand each other about it. Was that sort of intentional, do you know, from the beginning, that, that, that they would be working together more and have sort of a friendship?
2: Yeah, we wanted to sort of take Izzy out of the car a little bit and integrate yeah. her into the office and also mm-hmm. give her more of an internal life. Mm-hmm. And I, I it, it seemed natural to us that it would be an interesting relationship, her and and Lorna. And yeah. Um, those actresses really play off of each other really well, and we were really happy at sort of the outcome of that, of these two women sort of finding a friendship. Mm -hmm. I mean, the whole show revolves around Mickey Haller, so all the friendships sort of are about Mickey. Yeah. To an extent, but but they find their own place um, in their friendship, which I think is really cool, and we're going to continue to play that through
0: the whole whole season. Very cool. And I like the way they're kind of they're teaming up a little bit in, in sometimes funny ways, but like they're gonna go to eat somewhere that make him jealous, you know. It's kind of like they're teaming up, like like you said, tag teaming. So that's kind of fun to see. And then, but then we see a little more of a under underhanded, I don't know, element when Lorna lies about Cisco's phone being there, you know, but Izzy says she'll have her back. So it's gonna be interesting to see where those loyalties go. Cause like she's right, right then it's with Lorna, you know, but in another situation would she go a different way? So I, I like that sort of ambiguity. And speaking of those two actors as well, they they both have some good comedic moments. But um, I found that when um, I watched with my son, and I hear him chuckling, and I it's some of the same things I will chuckle at, and they're often things from Lorna. Like, I mean, I just thought it, it just was funny when she said, Crammel, he was like, no trammel, you know, you should do that on purpose, you know, Yeah. and her little digs. And, and then uh, when she asked um, Lisa about the, did you see the show about the vegan whose boyfriend's, I mean, I just thought that was great. You
2: know? uh, I, I like to say that I really feel like I can channel her. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a lot of, a lot of. I, I've written a lot of her lines. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, cool. That's cool. Uh,
2: here in, you know, and all of the writers have, but like, I really like, you know, like, for example, that line where she says to Mickey, who is that woman and why are you sleeping with her? Mm-hmm. That was a line I pitched in the writer's room that okay. made it to script. So a yeah. lot of things like things that you see in scripts is like something that came out of the room that ended up going all the way to script and to shooting. Okay. Um, so it's a lot of it is like being able to. To pitch from her POV and be able to come up with funny, interesting yeah, things that, that she speaks. I don't want to take complete credit. Obviously, all the writers write her sure. amazingly, Ted, everybody. But I I was excited about coming in and I have a comedy background from the early part yeah. of my career and I I I always like I always like levity and yeah in shows and she really provides a lot of great levity for us. You know? Yeah,
0: I mean Becky. Newton seems really natural with it did did just the way she was playing the role did that did did you guys know from the beginning she's going to have some of the funny stuff or did it sort of yeah forever I mean okay uh,
2: and uh, she absolutely loves this character okay she's repeatedly told us that she's her favorite character she's ever played she loves her storyline she loves she just loves it so you have a really game actress she's you know, she improved a little bit of the stuff in the um, office where she says, oh, Are you basing her turkey? Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> she improved a lot of that, which interesting. is interesting. Really okay. She, she really channels this character also in her own way very much. You yeah,
0: know? she totally owns it for sure. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.